Welcome to Plugged In, Con Edison's podcast about all things related to energy. I'm your host, Philip O'Brien. It's Climate Week 2019, and here in New York City, the center of the international climate change debate. Among the related stories being talked about is the energy industry taking on the Federal Environmental Protection Agency. This showdown is not about utilities trying to stall or block tougher pollution standards. Rather, these power companies are pushing back to stop EPA from weakening existing emission standards. Specifically, Con Edison and a coalition of nine private and public electric power companies are seeking to block the EPA from implementing new rules. Those rules would repeal the Clean Power Plan and replace it with a new regulatory system called the Affordable Clean Energy Rule. Clean Power Plan, Affordable Clean Energy, what's the difference? Sounds like they're working towards the same goal, right? Well, it turns out there's a big difference between the two plans and it could have a big impact on Con Edison and its customers. Joining me to explain why this is such a big deal is Aaron Shapiro, Section Manager, Federal Government Affairs for Con Edison, and Bill Slade, Project Specialist in Environmental Health and Safety. Welcome to Plugged In, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks. Our topic is a complicated issue with conflicting claims and an alphabet soup of acronyms. Bill, I'm going to throw the first letters out to you. Would you please explain (laughs) the Clean Power Plan? The Clean Power Plan was really the first nationwide plan promulgated by the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, to reduce greenhouse gases, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, better said, from the, the power sector. It was designed to be a flexible system so that states, each individual state, could submit a plan that would allow it or direct it to uh, use multiple uh, methods to reduce emissions, uh, such as putting a price on carbon dioxide, such as switching to cleaner power generating fuels, or increasing renewable generation like wind and solar, enhancing energy efficiency programs, or even capturing carbon dioxide emissions. Okay. And on the other side, we have the new Affordable Clean Energy Rule, or ACE, affordable clean energy. How do the two differ? Well, as I said, the Clean Power Plan was was really uh, designed to allow multiple approaches to emissions reductions. Again, pricing carbon dioxide, switching to cleaner fuels, and so on. But the Affordable Clean Energy Act, the, the ACE rule, only allows one particular type, type of emission reduction uh, approach, and that is re- increasing plant, power plant heat rate, or better said, efficiency improvements inside the fence line of a power plant. And so it's this inside the fence line approach that is so uh, concerning for the utilities that have filed this lawsuit. Because if that uh, philosophy or if that approach has been allowed to stand, then some of the most flexible and cost-effective ways of reducing emissions that the companies have used in the past would would be essentially outlawed. And so these are, are um, some of the, uh, the programs such as emissions trading and emissions averaging that are currently in use and have led to significant reductions over time would be for, forestalled and foreclosed under the Affordable Clean Energy Act. Does the new rule prohibit, you said some of these methods or actions would be outlawed, so it prohibits them? 
Yes, essentially, the current EPA is saying there is only one reasonable way to interpret the Clean Air Act relative to the best systems of emissions reduction. And in doing so, if that, if that strategy by EPA was allowed to stand and not overturned by the courts, then things like emissions averaging and allowance tradings that have been so effective reducing emissions would have essentially not be in compliance with the Clean Air Act. So, so a utility or a power company couldn't do them voluntarily without facing some sort of uh, penalty? Well, what would happen, I think, that is that once again you would have companies that are being progressive and doing things like that voluntarily would be, a, in a way, a disadvantage by companies that were doing only inside the fence line emissions reductions. And that's especially important for Con Edison because we are in many ways downwind of many, many large coal-fired uh, coal power plants, and we certainly wouldn't want to see those uh, power plants that burn coal incentivized to continue. Aaron, uh, Bill has already sort of hinted at the reasons why Con Edison decided to get involved. Um, it is a party to several of these actions in court, some of them by state governments and public interest groups, but tell us why Con Edison felt the need to get involved with this? Well, because it's the right thing to do, both for our customers uh, and for our planet. You know, Con Edison, um, like our customers, believe that action must be taken to address climate change, and this is something we work on frequently down um, and with policymakers at all levels. Um, you know, as Bill was getting into the, the details on air quality and emissions and, and legal compliance, um, but there's also very much, again, this, this important broader picture about climate is impacting our planet, it's impacting our customers, it's impacting our business, and these are all compelling reasons why Con Edison felt strongly that we had to get involved. And who else has joined in on this action? Uh, so it's a, this particular coalition has nine other private and public uh, electric power companies, including Exelon, Los Angeles Department of Water and Power, National Grid, New York Power Authority, PG&E out in California, PSEG, uh, Sacramento Municipal Utility District, and uh, Seattle City Light. Uh, we're all involved in this particular action with Con Edison, and this group of utilities serves 23 million customers, roughly 50 million people. So it's a, it's a significant group here. Um, and But we are just one group of, of stakeholders who are taking action against EPA here. There's also uh, 20, a coalition of 22 states, including New York State, uh, and seven local governments, including New York City, who have taken action against this. And many other environmental public interest groups have also filed suit against this uh, action. So there's definitely a broad swath of stakeholders, uh, both in industry and in government, who believe this is the wrong move uh, by the EPA. For a lot of the same reasons, they all believe this is the wrong move. Bill, could you just elaborate a bit on how does this impact Con Edison, the company, the power company, and its customers? Well, again, one of the things that is so distressing to us under the, the ACE rule is that it would undermine the program of emissions reductions that we put in place over a significant period of time. It would mean that in order to uh, bring about emissions reductions or continuing emission reductions, we'd have to use more expensive methods, which, of course, impacts our ratepayers. Um, our fleet is fairly clean. We've been able to use an, a number of different tools to go about bringing about these emission reductions. Some of those tools, like uh, allowance trading and emissions averaging, would be lost if the ACE was allowed to go forward. Uh, and, you know, let's, let's just face facts about 
uh, increased emissions. Uh, even the EPA's own documents uh, outlining the ACE indicate that if the rule was promulgated as it is, it would lead to somewhere between 460 and 1,400 additional deaths per year by 2030, in addition to exacerbating other ailments like asthma. And our customers would be the recipients of those, those pollution, that, that pollution. We, that's certainly not in our best interest, for sure. The, the fact that natural gas continues to be the, the cheapest fuel, the fact that we continue to invest in renewables, uh, solar and wind, uh, the fact that energy efficiency expenditures have continued uh, you know, steadfastly over the past 10 years has really significantly driven down emissions in our industry sector. And I think we can be proud of that. And uh, so we are seeing that the transportation sector is really the, the next big um, Goliath to, to be approached uh, when it comes to uh, emissions reductions. 24 states thought the clean power plan was bad, and they challenged that plan in court, just like Con Edison is now doing with its replacement, the ACE. Why did they take that position? What, what is their gain or their concern? Well, of course, politics plays a big role in, in all of these issues, and so you know, I think that was played a role and played a factor in some of those states' decisions. But this also just reflects how difficult transitioning to a clean energy economy is. And, and energy is a very regional issue. Uh, the West Coast uh, has a different energy mix than the East Coast, than the Midwest, than the Southeast. And so you saw, you know, in those states that were challenging the clean power plan, uh, you saw a lot of, you know, more fossil fuel dependent, cold uh, dependent type states. Um, so that would have had a, a, an impact on them. Um, but, you know, it's a complicated issue, obviously, um, and we and our customers know that we have to move in that direction because the costs of inaction are far higher. And I think that's that's a more unifying factor for those of us who are challenging this current the, the ACE rule um, is that we know action needs to be taken. We need we know that something needs to be done on a comprehensive level, um, and that's why we're working to ensure a smart, orderly transition to the clean energy future that we know we need. So that brings us to what's next in the litigation, and what's the outlook. Uh, moving ahead? Well, it's it's federal litigation, so it'll be a lengthy process uh, to be sure. Uh, this can take months, possibly years to play out. Um, we, you know, the, the challenges were just filed in, in federal court a few weeks ago, and so this will go through its process and, and go to oral arguments, et cetera, and we'll likely make it all, up to the Supreme Court at some point. Um, but of course, we also have a presidential election coming up next year, and just like the pre most recent presidential election impacted the Clean Power Plan, the next one could impact this as well. And in the meantime, before it gets to the highest court or wherever it might be finally decided, which of these alphabet soups is, is uh, calling shots? The Clean Power Plan has been stayed by the Supreme Court. The Affordable Clean Energy Act uh, rule is not yet in effect. So really, at this point, the only greenhouse gas rules that we comply with or are required to comply with are on the state level, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative uh, and the um, what's called Part 251 in New York State that regulates how much carbon dioxide per megawatt hour can be emitted by a power plant. That was great, guys. Thanks so much for coming on and helping to explain this for everybody. Thanks. It was great to be here. Thank you. Aaron Shapiro, Section Manager for Federal Government Affairs for Con Edison, and Bill Slade, Project Specialist in Environmental Health and Safety. That's our show. If you have a story idea, a comment about this or any of our other podcasts, you can send an email to podcast at coned.com. And please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I'm your host, Philip O'Brien. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.